Justice Smith, Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! He got it! We are here to feel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast. And of course, my name is LaShar Binkley. You can find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. I always find my written work over at SB Nation or Dream Shake. And of course, before we get too deep into it, we get into your undefeated Rockets. I wanted to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself as usual. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on uh, Twitter and also, or XAB, whatever you want to call it now, and also <laughs> on Instagram at Vader Sports. Uh, Houston Rockets news. Some Houston Texans, a little bit of Astro stuff. Go Astros, by the way. They start their series with the Texas Rangers tomorrow. Yep, so that ought to be something. All Texas uh, NBA, or NBA. See, I'm too busy talking about NBA. All Texas American League Championship Series. So that ought to be very interesting. But, of course, we are here. We are talking about your Houston Rockets, who are undefeated. They are 2-0 and on the preseason, for wherever you want to take from that. But I really have two wins and two losses. Uh, we're definitely going to be breaking down the first two games, giving our thoughts on that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the two upcoming games that they have against the San Antonio Spurs. And, of course, we all know everybody's sudden favorite new player, Victor Wimbiyama. So we're going to kind of preview those up two coming games. And also, I was out at practice today. So we're going to be talking a little bit about a couple of interviews that uh, they, they had out at the Rockets practice today. So before we get into that part of it, I definitely want to talk about the previous two games. The Rockets knocked off the Indiana Pacers and also knocked off the Pelicans, actually destroyed the Pelicans. Uh, the first game was a little bit more kind of sluggish. It took them a while to get kind of into the flow of it, even though the Pacers didn't start any of their regular starters. But eventually the Rockets pulled away in that game. And then this last game, the Rockets just came out from the start and just ran New Orleans off the court. New Orleans had all their starters on the court, including Zion Williamson, who at times I forgot he was even on the court. The Rockets played you know, their best defense out of the two games. Um, last uh, last night against the Pelicans, where they had 18 forced turnovers in the first half. Um, like I said, they pretty much took the Pelicans right out of it. Even Pelicans head coach said they were demoralized after that first half. So the Rockets pretty much imposed their will. Jabari Smith had a great game. Like I said, just overall, the overall defense was just phenomenal. You saw the Rockets switching. And you saw the Rockets getting their hands on a lot of uh, loose balls. The Rockets were just kind of all over the court. So what was kind of – you kept what's kind of been your perspective of the first two games and what you've seen from the Rockets now that they're two and zero in the preseason. So like you said, the first game, it was kind of hard for me to like, I liked what I saw. I liked the process by which they were, they were doing things, but it was yeah. a sluggish game and it, it was kind of difficult to watch, I guess, it, in my opinion. Um, I did like a lot of the stuff that I saw, but I was just curious. I know it's the first preseason game, but then you always wonder, um, are the guys getting it? Are the guys locked in? Yeah. What, what, what is it there? What is what exactly is this supposed to look like? Because, you know, it's, it's kind of bare bones at the beginning. You know, guys are still probably like thinking a little bit more than reacting. And so yeah. eventually I think, you know, all of that stuff is going to iron itself out. But um, I like the process by which they were trying to do things. You saw unselfish basketball. Um, nobody's going to accuse the Rockets of being an AAU team this year. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you're not going to see guys just coming down the court. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, sometimes I like to see that kind of stuff because I'm a fan and I just want to see guys go out there and, and, and uh, put on a show and display athleticism and, and, and like, yeah. you know, supreme skills or whatever. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to winning basketball, that's not going to win games for you. And, and we saw that in the James Harden era where we had a guy who was, you know, he was arguably – you know, the best or one of the best scorers that we've ever seen in this league, you know, during the regular season, at least. But um, that did not 
and, and you know, we ran into one of the greatest teams of all time. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think one thing that we learned through that process is it's best to move that ball around instead of having to rely solely on one person to get everything done, whether it be scoring, whether it be, whether it be uh, making the correct pass, decision making. You know, Harden had a, a heavy load. And I think um, we tried to put that on a few of the other players that we have. But Emi Adoka is coming from a, a situation um, and he, he was actually, you know, with the Brooklyn Nets when they had Kyrie Harden and Kevin Durant at the same time. So he's seen how how that can work where you got three super megastars who are like amazing talents, amazing scorers. And he went to Boston and he took Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who are used to having the ball in their hands and kind of doing everything on their own. And he made them more of a team, you know, more team oriented. And, you know, they 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 made the extra pass. I think that was one of the things he mentioned was one of was like one of his emphasis when he took that job was to convince them, hey, I know this is a good shot for you, but there's a better shot if you just swing, you know, one more pass. And, and, and you know, LaShar, as, as, as well as anybody, that was something that Rudy Tomjanovich got the Houston Rockets to buy into yeah, during the absolutely. season. Yeah, swing the ball. Like, Hakeem, he had to convince Hakeem to kick it out. You know, that was the first one. And then he had to also, like, okay, you might have the shot. If you have it, take it. But if yeah. a guy next to you has a better shot, you know, swing that ball around and we're going to get, you know, a higher percentage shot. And so we saw a lot of those things in that first game. Um, you know, Jalen Green has not exerted, like, like exerted himself. He has not like tried to put his stamp on the game, so to speak, and, and just go out there and score a bunch of points. You see him trying to facilitate more. You see him trying to figure out where his spots are in his offense. And it looks a little weird to me. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, 10, 10 games in, he's going to look like a much improved player just because he's not going to be out there forcing shots. There were some things that they ran uh, in that second game. And I, I posted on, on Twitter. I was like, oh, that's different. Because it was like a it was like a play that I had seen them run for Jason Tatum before, and I don't you know specifically remember it uh, last year. So um, he got a wide open mid range shot. Jabari was um, like above the three point line, and um, it, they confused the defense. And he got a wide open shot. And if they had like made a different decision, he could have cut to the basket, or Jabari could have been wide open for that three point shot. So I don't know, man. Like I, I like it. And then I haven't even talked about the defense yet. Uh, the defense was kind of a revelation uh, that second game. And I don't know if it was how much of it was us and how much of it was the Pelicans were not ready to play. But whatever it was, yeah. you saw, you know, especially like when, you know, Dylan Brooks has um, he's definitely brought an element to the team. Yeah, he got kicked out of the uh, first game. <laughs> uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, I, I personally think that part of part of the reason he got ejected was was based on reputation and, yeah. you know, Whatever, but like you saw it in the second game, he brings an intensity. He fights over every screen. He's diving for loose balls. He's he's like hitting guys with his forearm. He he's doing all the little the little things that you need to do in order to be a winning basketball team. And then when Tari Eason and Jay Sean Tate came in off the bench, they just wreaked complete havoc on the, whatever the Pelicans were trying to do offensively. I think Jason Jay Sean Tate got like three steals in a very short amount of time, and Atari's just being Tari out there. So I mean, overall, I mean, I think you have to be encouraged on both sides of the ball. One thing, one thing that they have to do real quick and I, and I'll let you go, but you gotta have, you have to have some kind of, some kind of identity as a basketball team. Yeah. I think that's something that we haven't had in, in three years, uh, you know, at least three years is an, is an identity. And when we're trying to project how many wins this team is, is, is going to have this season, you just don't really know because you don't know how the pieces are going to fit together. And, and it's like, what do we want? What do we hang our hats on at the end of the day? 
And if we're going to be a defensive team, I mean, I think that's something that you can bring to the table every game because that's just intensity. That's film study. That's want to. That's just being a dog out there on the floor. So if, if that's the if if that's the identity the Rockets are going to have, like a kind of a, 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 a grit and grind type of thing and then being unselfish on offense, I mean, I don't see any reason why we can't be in the conversation for a play in. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, it's just the overall. It just feels differently now. Of course, it's kind of hard to tell. Like you said, if a maybe New Orleans came into the game, they weren't as focused as they should be because it's preseason. Or how much was it the Rockets were just kind of just, you know, they brought up their intensity a lot more than New Orleans. And uh, Ma actually talked about that today during practice. Somebody asked him that exact question. He said, "Yeah, part of it was New Orleans, but we were also in the right spots. We were also making the right reads." Uh, we were also playing extremely hard. So just from his perspective, he thought a lot of it was because of how hard they were playing out there on the court. So, I mean, that's definitely good to see. And, and again, as far as and another thing just interesting is how they're going to do the rotations. It's kind of always hard to tell in preseason because you got so many players. And then in the first game, like you said, Dylan Brooks was kicked out. So we didn't really see the rotation then. But we did see the guard rotation in the first game, at least, to where we saw how they were staggering Um I'm in with Jalen and then I'm in with Fred. They were kind of staggering those three guards. And I think that's pretty much what we're going to see in the regular season because I just don't see Aaron Holiday getting a lot of minutes. The one guy that I'm just really interested about is, is Cam Whitmore. What are they going to do with him? Because after that first game, I asked him about, asked Coach about, you know, Cam, can he get in the rotation? He's like, yeah, he could play two through four, which is interesting because most people probably thought he's going to play a lot of three. Um, so, What's kind of your thoughts on the rotation? Again, it's kind of hard to say because they got so many players that they're trying to get in and out of the game. We didn't see a lot of the starters, and we didn't see the starters all in the fourth quarter last game because the Rockets just kind of just blew the game wide open. But what's some of the things you saw from the rotation, like specifically like the guard rotation? Do you think that Cam can kind of slide his way into that rotation and not well, necessarily have to even go to the G League? Well, I haven't watched the video because like before before we started this podcast, I know you told me you were editing it. So I'm yeah. really interested to see what, what you just said, because I'm I'm of the opinion that he is probably Yadoka I'm talking about is probably going to come out the gate more veteran heavy because he yeah. wants to establish the culture. He wants to, um, you know, put guys on the floor who he knows are going to contribute to winning basketball. Guys who've been there and done that and have seen things. But like the fact that you told me that he's at least considering it is very encouraging to me because one thing I know that dude can do is score the basketball. Like he is, and he has a aggressiveness to him already that I think we were looking for Jalen to have that first season. And Jalen came out and 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 I think this is also I'm not saying this is a negative, but I think Jalen um, kind of took a backseat to the veterans, and that's probably not a bad thing. And like, like if you think of it, you don't want to be that hot headed rookie that comes in. And yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, this is my team and, and, and shoot up 20 shots a game. He's like, OK, I'm just going to like play off of these guys and I'm going to find my way. I'm I'm going to play a role until that time comes. And I don't think Cam 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 has a different mentality, man. Like you could tell as soon as he steps on the floor, he's going to shoot that ball for better or for worse. And so like <laughs> it dep- so if he's making it, it's great. Right. If he's making it, it's great. If he's missing it, then you're like, OK, bro, pass the ball. Because there was this one uh, instance, I think, in the first game where he should have made, you know, how we were talking about earlier about making that extra pass. He should have made an extra pass to the corner. I think it was Jabari that was over there that was wide open. 
and he kind of like chucked it up. And so those are the type, type of things that you want to see ironed out of his game. But like if he's saying that he's willing to play him at the two, the three and the four, man, I think sky's the limit for him. He has the body for it. He has the athleticism, athleticism for it. I think um, I did a lot of like study on him as he was coming out because, you know, a lot of people thought that he was somebody we could pick at five. I mean, at four. And uh, he fell all the way to 20, thank goodness. But uh, two of his comps were um, Anthony Edwards. And and that was because of his uh, the, the way he's built and then his explosive athleticism. Uh, there was this there was this guy who like tested guys like as far as like explosion and things like that. And he, he was like the only person in his database that was that was similar to uh, Cam Whitmore at that at that weight and height was Anthony Edwards. And then the other guy was Jalen Brown. And who is a uh, uh, more of a small forward? So like I, I don't know, man. Like Ken Whitmore is that that X factor. He's a he's a guy who definitely should have won in a lottery. I think you're seeing it now. A lot of teams I get on Twitter every day and I see teams like the Lakers and the Clippers, like, yeah, and sorry. they're they're like, man, I cannot believe we pass on this guy. Like the Lake the the Clippers lost on him because the the Eric Gordon trade, of course. Uh, thank yeah. you. Uh, and then the Lakers obviously picked another player. I'm not going to say his name and be respectful, but like I see the, I saw I see the, the Pistons list. as well today. Uh, somebody yeah. from the Pistons fan base said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So like Cam is making a very, like he's making a splash already and he did it in summer league and people was like, oh, it's just summer league. Like, you know, he's not going to do that against like, you know, real NBA talent. We played two preseason games and now people are like, raising their eyebrows and then some people are also like oh it's just preseason but i think everything that he's doing is translatable uh yeah. obviously you know he has to work on some of those soft skills that he has and and like uh we he's still not really much of a playmaker he's he's not you know i don't know his defense i don't i don't know i don't know if he's really focused on that right now but the thing is like the the stuff that he's doing well, he's doing it really well and that's putting the ball in the basket and so if you can put him in and and get find a way to get him you know, 12 minutes a, a game and he he can come in and get up six, six to eight shots in those 12 minutes. You have like a, a, a Vinny the microwave, you know, Johnson type of situation where you got yeah. this dude. And if he's going off, you just leave him in the game. Right. And, and see and see what happens. So no, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he can he can find his way into the rotation. I think it's going to be difficult. You know, if you if you just kind of look at who's in front of him. Uh, I don't I don't really consider Holiday as a as an obstacle for him, but we still haven't seen much of like Reggie Bullock Bullock, I should say. Bullock is not Bullock. <laughs> Reggie Bullock, we haven't seen him. Uh we saw some good minutes from Jason Tate the last game. And then obviously you have Tari, Javari, you have Amen who can probably swing multiple positions. You have Dylan Brooks. So I don't know, there's just a lob jam there, but like if he can if he can play three positions, man, I, I hope um what ma told you is is true that he's gonna look to and look to find his way on the court and we saw that from tari Eason last season right we thought tari was a guy who we like oh he's probably not ready um send him down to the g league let him get some seasoning and maybe bring him back up towards the end of the season like we did kj martin a few years ago but he played so well they didn't have a choice it, he he forced her hand and so i guess i'm interested to see how this plays out yeah he's he can play two through four pretty easily and so you can play him in a lot of places uh you know big body at the two and strong enough to guard fours and so he can play everywhere in between and um you know for him it's a luxury at times you look at him and i'm in and you can kind of pair any grouping with those guys very small and they fit in well so um although the four is, is a stacked position as you mentioned i think we can play him two three four no problem 
So you saw in the first part of the video, um, I asked him about Cam and his potential of playing in the rotation. Because like you said, a lot of people, just like Tari, just like Alperin, uh, before he kind of just dominated everybody in the summer league his first year, a lot of people were thinking that, myself included, that he'll probably spend some time in the G League. But if he continues to play the way he's playing, he can force his way into the rotation, even though it might be a little bit harder because he has a lot of people in front of him, like you mentioned earlier. But we also saw that with Tari. You know, Tari had KJ in front of him. Even though Jay Sean did get hurt, he didn't play a lot last year, so that definitely helped. But, you know, he had he had um, KJ in front of him, and he had Jabari in front of him, but he was still able to, you know, carve his way into rotation. By the end of the year, he was playing over 20-some minutes a game. So we might see the same thing with Cam. He might play so well that, hey, sorry, Reggie Bullock, we just signed you, but you might have to sit on the bench a little longer than you were expecting when you first came here. So – he might be able to slide in. They may, maybe they make a move on uh, moving Jay Sean Tate, even though I think they really like Jay Sean Tate and what he brings. But I think that's one of the more interesting storylines uh, for the rest of this preseason is what do you do with Cam if he's just so good that he just forces his way into that rotation? And you know what? He has that confidence that you like to see in a young player. He's he's coming into the game, and I heard him do an interview um before the preseason and he was basically talking about like his goals for his rookie season. He, he, yeah. he's a guy who, who thinks he's going to like compete for rookie of the year. He, he don't have any like ideas that he's going down to the G league. That is not on his, like, that's not on, that's not on his list of things that he thinks that he's going to do this season. And he's going out there and he's playing, playing well. He has three level score potential. And I don't, yeah. who else on the team has that other than Jalen green, Jalen green is a guy who can get to the basket and, Hopefully he develops like a consistent mid range and a consistent three point three pointer. Um, other than him, like who else has a has the potential to like kind of like be somebody who is a huge threat off the dribble to get to the basket and, and, and get you two points, and then also <clears throat> be be like you know devastating in the mid range and also be able to stretch you out to the three. Like I I think it's Cam. I think it's Cam is is like the next you know best option to do that. And he's coming in already, and he's showing that he's 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 ready for this stage. So yeah, like I'm I'm excited about him. Like I was excited about the summer league, but I did try to temper my expectations just because you know it, it was a summer, and I know he he had just turned 19. He he is still super young. Like I, I think a lot of people don't even realize. Like he he is a young 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 player, uh, and we saw like with young players last year with with Jabari because Jabari was 19 the whole season. You know, sometimes those guys aren't aren't ready yet. You know, they they need uh, some seasoning. They need to, you know, opportunity to kind of like either learn on the fly or or go down to the G League and and, and you know be able to kind of like get comfortable down there. And Jabari wasn't afforded that last year, being the third pick in the draft. Like you don't want to see your third pick in the draft down in the G, you know, toiling away in the G League. So he was probably given more than he was ready for at the time. And then we probably also didn't do him very many favors by kind of like spotting him up and using him, you know, primarily as a, you know, you know, a guy who, who is a spot up shooter. He's shown to me that he needs to be able to get in a rhythm, whether that be, you know, touching the ball a little, little bit more, uh, being able to go to his mid range game. We've seen like, and we saw it at the end of last year too. Like he has a really sneaky, good uh, mid range package yeah. as far as like getting being able to get his shot off with a with a dribble or two uh like being 6 11 and and having a wingspan and in the high release like nobody's bothering that shot we saw him shoot that over evan mobley who is probably going to win multiple defensive player of the year awards at some point so 
anyways, I, I got sidetracked with Jabari because I'm excited about him too. But yeah, Cam Cam looks good, man. Cam looks good. Uh, actually, I'm glad you talked about Jabari because he's actually the next person up next interview that actually he talked to uh, to the media today after practice, and that was kind of a good segue talking about his improved ball handling because that's something I asked him about his proved ball handling is that helped him be more aggressive, kind of unlocking some more of his offensive game. Like you said, last year he was basically just a glorified spot-up shooter for the first half of the year. And then eventually it kind of seemed either he just took it upon himself or they kind of loosened the reins of where he was shooting more mid-range, shooting more from um, shooting more from post-up. He was kind of using his turnaround game. He was forcing the action instead of just being kind of a passive, just a three-point shooter. And we've seen that continue to summer league. And we definitely saw that in the first two games, specifically that second game where he was just super aggressive. Every time he got the ball, he was going straight to the basket. So, yeah, I asked him about that today. He kind of talked about how his improved ball handling has kind of helped him overall when it comes to his offensive game. Ball handling, how that's going to light your offensive game where you're able to score, not just from perimeter, from all over the court. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just on being able to take bumps and having counters for, for different defenses, you know, it's – it gives you more confidence attacking downhill. It gives you more confidence when you get a rebound and can push. You know, it just helps everything. And then the defense picks it up and, you know, they kind of kind of get worried about how to drive a little bit more. Yo, okay, that's crazy. He's talking about being able to take bumps while he's dribbling the ball. Uh, so he, he he's a guy who I feel like he was self-aware. He was not happy with the way his rookie season went. And he saw like some of the deficiencies in his game, and he just he decided that this summer those were things that he was going to work on. So he clearly worked on his ball handling, and, and that was evident in the summer league. Like he was the, probably the best player in summer league. Didn't he win the right. summer league MVP? And he only played like two games. Uh well, Cam won. He would have won it if he. Oh, that's right. Playing, that's he right. Absolutely, right. he made the first team. He made the yeah. first team, and he had only played two games. So he yeah. he made a huge splash during the summer league. So. And then also um, him him saying, oh, the the yoga. Uh, one of the things that I was yeah. kind of concerned about with him was his bend. Like you didn't see him get like get like where you would like to see a guy his height as far as like getting getting low and being able to move his hips and 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 I seen some of those things defensively like help him out now. And I saw him. Uh, it may have been one of the clips that I saw that you recorded during the training camp when he drove uh, past the defender and got that dunk on Tari where he got <laughs> yeah. a lot lower. He got a lot lower on that drive. It was a left-hand drive, he, and he got really low on it, and I have never seen him do that before. And so, like, yeah, man, Jabari, and I, I was telling this to somebody earlier today, um, if Jabari actually becomes who they who they thought he would be, uh, who the people were projecting him to be uh, before the draft last year when, when, when people were saying he might go number one, I think that completely changes – uh, some of the trajectory of like the upside of this Rockets team, because yeah. like I think going into this season, we've been kind of looking at him as a like a fourth option type of guy, like a, a glue a glue guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I don't have a problem with him just being a a guy who's gonna give you um, you know maybe not elite defense, but like really good defense, and and hopefully be you know a, an elite three point shooter, you know, at that power forward position. But if he can be more than that, if he can be a guy who is also, you know, helping anchor your defense and a guy who you can also rely on, you know, to give you 18 to 20 a game, I think uh, suddenly, like, the Rockets are in a lot better position 
than we probably are even imagining to be already. And so that that's that just goes like we're just an impatient fan base. Audit, you know, well, we're not all of us, but a lot of us are. Yeah. Sometimes I am too. I'm not trying to like you know talk mess about anybody, but there are so many people who I'm friends with who have written Jabari Smith Jr. off. And they're like, yeah. he's he's not, you know, he was never uh, a worthy of going number one. Uh, yeah, we there's some really good players that were that were in that draft that went ahead of him: Paulo Banquero, Shed Holgram. But um, they were just kind of like, yeah, he's he's not going to ever be like an elite three point shooter. He's not ever going to be an elite defender. He's not going to be this. He's not going to be that. And so far, when he, now that he's uh, like worked on some of his things, and also like like I said earlier, he was so young last season, and that's one of the things I kept pointing to. I'm like, this dude was literally um, one of the I think one of the six youngest players in the whole league last year, and you yeah. can't write a player off that 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 is that young. And sometimes it takes uh, big men a little bit longer to develop, right? And so the fact that he went into the summer, the fact that he worked on a lot of the things that he knew he was not good at, and so far, like you have to give him an A plus. <laughs> you have to give him an A plus from what we've seen during the summer league and, and the two games that we've seen in preseason so far. He has been our best player, which is kind of crazy to say because, like, I wouldn't have had that on my bingo card. But, uh, <laughs> but look, like, if, if like I said, if he can be, like, a top three player on this team moving forward, I think, like I said, I think that just kind of, like, changes the, the, the upside of the Houston Rockets as a whole. Yeah. I mean that, that's that's a huge addition if you can count on Jabari Smith getting you know, 15, 16 points a game. I think mm-hmm. that's a, a a huge step forward because you know what you're gonna get from Jalen. Um, you know Fred VanVleet is gonna be consistent. Maybe Fred VanVleet's not giving you 25 a game, but you know he's gonna be consistently giving you points. So you know you're gonna get scoring from them. You know you're gonna get scoring from Alper and Shangoon in in the paint. So you know what you're getting from them. But if you're getting that from Jabari Smith, especially if he's able to be more aggressive, be able to score from the mid-range, be able to score post-up occasionally when they switch to smaller guards or smaller forwards onto them. If you're able to get those things from Jabari Smith, something that I think, like you said, a lot of people weren't expecting him to ever be able to do. Most people just thought he's going to be a stretch four, three and D type of player. But if he's going out there giving you 15, 16 consistent points a game, a la sort of like a Rashard Lewis back in the day. I mean, yes, Rashard Lewis was a, a much better scorer. But he has that same type of body type to where if he can get that mirror rage game going, that'll open up just his entire game. Like he said during the interview, he was also talking about when he's able to, you know, be a better ball handler when players are running out to him, trying to guard him on a three-point line, he can drive by him with confidence and actually get to the basket. And I think that that's a matchup nightmare because you put a bigger guy on him. If he can handle the ball, you know, a lot better than he did last year. He can get by him. If you're trying to put a smaller guard on or a shooting guard or a smaller, small forward on him, then he should be able to post him up or be able to just take him to the basket. You know, so that's definitely a, a huge development when we're talking about can the Rockets possibly make the play in game. You're gonna need and, players like Barry Smith to jump and to take that step forward. And he had like two really good plays uh last game and it involved two of our better players. It was in it was one with Jalen Green where and I mentioned it earlier where yeah. um he had the ball above the three point line and he got Jalen an open an open look, an open uh mid range. It's a long two. Uh so we probably haven't seen a lot of those in previous years. But it was a good <laughs> yeah. shot. It was a good shot for Jalen. He knocked it down. And those are the kind of shots also, like I said, those those get guys going. They may not be the most efficient shots on paper, 
But, um, you know, anybody who's played basketball before, you know, like if you if you can get a shot in a, in a range that you feel comfortable with and you can knock that down, you know, that translates to you shooting better from from longer range. And so, like the fact that we like completely eliminated, I know what the I know what the stats say, but, you know, some guys need to take shots in that in that little mid range area in order to get themselves going. I think Jabari is one of those guys. I feel like Jalen Green is also one of those guys. So I'm glad that we've incorporated that back into the offense. And then the second play with Jabari that, that really caught my attention was one with Shingun. He and Shingun ran like a little two man game. And Shingun, Shingun <clears throat> he passed it to Shingun. Shingun got it back to him. And he also got like a little nice mid range game and knocked it down. And I'm like, okay, so if you can if you can get Jabari up up there and they're confident enough in his his passing, his decision making, his ball handling, where he can like be involved in those kind of actions, man, like he he looked like I said, he looked really good as far as either getting himself a shot or getting a shot for his teammate. Yeah. When you see yeah, a lot absolutely. of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a, a big thing to watch for this upcoming season. Uh, before we wrap the show up, definitely want to talk about the two upcoming games the Rockets have against the Spurs, who all of a sudden are like must-watch TV at this point. We have all saw the videos of Victor Wimbyama the last uh, couple of games, some of the amazing things we saw from them. And we've all, as you know, Rockets fans have been waiting for this matchup with the Spurs. And yes, it is just preseason, but we will also see that at the beginning of the regular season. So we're definitely interested to see how that's going to play out. So what's kind of your thoughts on this upcoming game against the Spurs? They have two have back-to-back games in San Antonio uh, against Wimbiyama and the Spurs. So what are you expecting to see and what do you kind of want to see from the Rockets as they you know go up against the Spurs, who are more than just Wimbiyama? I mean, they have Devin Vassell. He's another really good player that they have. Of course, they have Jeremy Shohan. They have him as well. Uh, he's another one of those type of players that – you know, it's going to be an elite defensive player at some point in his career. So what are you expecting to see from the Rockets as they go up against the Spurs next week? I'm expecting Amon Thompson to get off one of those, like, reverse baseline reverse dunks on Wimby, like the one he oh, got yeah. last game, that, that <laughs> yeah. Kobe dunk. <laughs> yes. We didn't talk about – we didn't even talk about how, like, Amon looked a whole lot better the second game than the first game. Yeah. He, he looked uh, – that's, that's what I was wanting to see from him. But as far as Wimby, uh, man – I'm going to be honest. I watched the game uh, until they took him out. Then I no longer watched the game because I wasn't interested anymore <laughs> in watching the San Antonio Spurs. But, like, I watched every minute that he was in the game. And, man, he he looks good. He looked legit. He looked uh, he looked as advertised. He basically did a Space Jam dunk on a dude. Uh, I think it was Thomas Bryant. And, His arm uh, Thomas, kept going and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he, and it was left-handed. It was nasty. And then Thomas Bryant, like, looked at the crowd like, <laughs> did like, you see what? that video? Yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's, a, there's another video circulating where they saw like Thomas Bryant's reaction after he dumped on him, and yeah. he couldn't even believe what, what happened. He's to like, him. I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that. Yeah, it's like, man, what do you do? And so, like, yeah, <laughs> Wimby, Wimby, and then Wimby was going out there, and he already like has a better handle than uh, you know guys who are a foot shorter than him. Like, he can actually yeah. dribble at seven four, which is kind of scary. And he was knocking down shots. He was dominating in the paint. He was blocking shots. He he looks like like they said he would look right. So the the what do you do to combat that though? You can't let him get comfortable. Um, there's been a lot of debate I've, I've seen on social media about who to put on him. Um, a lot of people want to put Jabari on him, and I think that's fine. But like me, just as a as a person who's watched, uh, I watched Yao Ming all those years. Yao Ming was here. Yao Ming wasn't bothered by length. He wasn't bothered by guys who were his height. 
he was not bothered or, or well, nobody was his height, not really, you know, but he wasn't bothered by big guys. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, he had some of his better games against Shaquille O'Neal, Dwight Howard, yeah. you know, oh, guys like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he those dudes did not bother him. He he dunked on those dudes. He he got his turnaround off on those guys. He pretty much did with it. He could bump them and kind of get to where he wanted to get to. The guys who gave him issues were smaller guys with lower center of gravities who could kind of get up underneath him and, and force him off of the spots that he wanted to get to. And it, it was the craziest thing. It was frustrating to watch because you're like, man, why is this? You're, you're seven five. Like, why is this little dude guarding you? And, you know, you know, that was kind of like a, a lesson, you know, a lot of us learned. Uh, and we saw it also when Kevin Durant came into the league, right? He he was more bothered by shorter players. You know, he he got to the point where, you know, that didn't bother him as much with with you know as he upped his skill level and and, and weight training and things of that nature. And then that you know then nobody could guard him. But uh, I think right now I think the best way to defend defend Wimby, what I would do personally, I would try Dylan Brooks on him. Dylan Brooks is a tank. You know he does not have the height to block his shot, but who's are you, how do you block a guy who's seven foot Nobody's four with an eight, blocking with shot. An eight foot wingspan? <laughs> with an eight foot, he yeah. has an eight foot wingspan. Like we we've seen, like Jabari is is six eleven with a, like a seven two wingspan, and we see that nobody can really block his shot. So like yeah. there's not there's not blocking this dude's shot, man. You 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 think you're contesting it, but you're probably really not. He can't even really see you if we're being honest. So I think our best bet is to put a, a guy like Dylan Brooks or Tyreeson on him. I heard some people say J- Jason Tate. Uh, I mean, we can see what it looks like, but then you're giving up a lot of height. You're giving up like that's a whole foot seven yeah. four six. He don't even he don't even see. Yeah, it's like, I'm just <laughs> like <laughs> but those are the, those for me. Uh, Dylan Brooks and Tari Eason are the two guys who I would try, um, who I feel like might be best on him. And then it'd be really interesting to see how Jabari defends him. So yeah, those those three guys. What about you? So real quick, uh, over over under number of technicals if Dylan Brooks is guarding. Wimbyama. <laughs> How many times is he elbowing him? I think he gets one technical. He got We gotta send. We gotta send this dude a message, man. We can't like what he did. What he did last night was unacceptable, man. Like, yeah, he was just doing whatever. He did whatever he wanted. I was like making jokes, uh, just jokes. I was just like, I, because we're not gonna like. I was like, they're not gonna be able to stop him on the basketball court. Like, somebody need to find out that he's been betting on NBA games or like. <laughs> You know something they got. We got to get him off the court like completely. Yeah. But yeah, man. Like I think I think a technical. Let's let's do one technical. I don't I don't think Dylan yeah. Brooks is gonna get himself ejected from two two yeah. of the first three preseason games. Hopefully. Yeah. Not let's leave it at one one technical. But yeah, I agree. I think a Dylan Brooks would be the best because, like we were talking about off air, I think you have to make um, Victor Wembanyama a poster player. That's the one part of his game that he still hasn't mastered yet. He's still working on. Because if you're putting a big guy on him, he's just going to go around him. If mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that he'll necessarily just be able to blow by Jabari every single time, but he's still going to be able to get to the basket against Jabari. If you put Shane Goon on him, the exact same thing is going to happen. He's just going to try to take him off the dribble. He's going to take him out to the three-point range, and he's going to take him to the basket. But if you put Dylan on him, that pretty much eliminates that because Dylan Brooks is not going to let Wimbyama drive by him. Now, he may do shoot turnarounds. That's fine. That's what you want him to do. You want him to take those turnaround shot. difficult shots. Yeah, you know, tough shots. You don't want him taking people off the dribble and then getting to the basket and he has an easy layup. You want him to be able to have to force it, you know, force him to take those fadeaways, take the hook shots, whatever other you shots he has as far as his post-up game. That's what you want to force him to do. So yeah, I agree. Putting Dylan Brooks or or Tari Eason on him, 
It's probably the best thing they can do. But I have a feeling we haven't seen a lot of double teaming from the Rockets early on, but we may see some of that depending on how how he, you know, if he's able to get it going in the post-up game. But if not, yeah, like I said, like you said, put Dylan Brooks on him, make him harass uh, Victor Wemiyama up and down the court, something that we know Dylan Brooks loves to do. We heard him in the media day. We've heard him in other interviews say that he loves getting in other players' heads, and we know that's exactly what he was going, he's going to try to do against Wemiyama, especially with all the hype and especially with him being a rookie. We know if anybody can do it on the Rockets, it's Dylan Brooks. And one thing I also want to point out, so like this is not a shot at like Shangoon or, or a Jabari. Like we saw video when we didn't even know who, who Wimby was when he was playing against like uh, Rudy Gobert a long time ago. He was like 16 years yeah. old and he was giving Rudy Gobert buckets. And Rudy Gobert, <laughs> defensive player of the year. Yep. Rudy Gobert was defensive player of the year. And so, yeah, like if, if he gets a big guy on him, I don't think that bothers him at all. Like he's yeah. like you said. He's gonna he's gonna take that big big guy away from the basket and he's gonna outskill him or you know and his his length is just so crazy like you're not you, you like I said you might think you're contesting his shot but you're not gonna you're not gonna block his shot and so he and he knows that and, and that's why you see like a guy like Kevin Durant who he's kind of like he kind of like playing like Durant like a supersized Kevin Durant and you see like a guy like Kevin Durant and we always talk about how. Like Kevin Durant has like the the reason Kevin Durant is so good offensively is because he can pretty much just shoot over everybody. <laughs> he shoots yeah, over everybody. Yeah. He 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 can get to whatever spot he wants to get to with his handle, and he just shoots right over you. And you can't do anything about it. And now you got a guy that is you know five inches taller than Durant, and he's doing the same thing. So yeah, put put a put a smaller guy on him. Um, make him put the ball on the floor, or. You know, you know, I think they I think we can steal the ball from him. I, I saw a couple times yesterday where, where he got ripped and I saw a couple times where he was in the post and he didn't look as comfortable. So, like, yeah, if he gets Dylan Brooks and he's like, oh, I'm going to try to post Dylan Brooks up. He's not going to outstrength Dylan Brooks. And, you know, who knows? Like, so it's going to be really interesting. And we played them two times in a row. So I wonder if he's going to play both games. I'll be interested yeah. to see that, too. Yeah, we'll see how we know Pop is notorious for. Yes. trying to rest guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out one of those games. Um, but especially if he has a good game in the first game, he may not play him yeah. in the second game. But if if yeah. if we if we kind of neutralize him that first game, he might run him out there for for a second time. Yeah. So we all know wins and losses don't matter. But at the end of the day, a lot of Rockets fans would love to see the Rockets win both of these games against the Spurs. Yes. Um, so we'll definitely see how that plays out. The Rockets will have one more game after that. Uh, next Friday as they wrap up the preseason um, before they take on Orlando Magic the following Wednesday. That seems like a lot of days off in between games, but I guess, I guess that's how we're going to uh, do it this season. So we're going to definitely be back next week. Um, before we wrap it up, I definitely want to say thank you to my co-hosts as usual for joining us. Man, I thank you. I appreciate it and all the hard, that, hard work that you're doing, getting out there to those practices and you know, getting everybody that that content that we're we're starving for has been a long off season. So, yeah. you know, the, to to see uh, the player interviews, to to hear from you know Emma Yudoka's own mouth, like what he plans to do with a guy like Cam Whitmore, to hear uh, from Jabari Smith Jr. some of the th- from his own mouth, some of the things that he's been working on, because we can see it and we we analyze the game. You know, everybody is kind of an, an expert in their own way, the way we consume the amount of basketball that we consume. And so like we saw like, yeah, he looks better. He looks like he's dribbling better. And we we kind of check with each other. You see that too, right? And it's like, yeah. But to hear him say, yeah, I, man, this is something I've been working on. And, you know, I, I love that. So thank you for everything that you're doing as well. 
Yeah, man, absolutely, man. I appreciate that. I mean, that's definitely what we want to do here on this channel is bring you content that you may not necessarily get everywhere else, and we're going to continue to bring you that all season long. We definitely plan on being at more games than last season, so definitely want to continue to bring you that content because we may actually be getting a more competent – we definitely will get a more competent team this year. That's one thing we will know for sure. How many wins, we don't know yet, but we know it's going to be a, a more competitive team a more fun team to watch. So we definitely want to continue to bring you that content here. And we definitely appreciate everybody that subscribed. We gotten 10 or 15 more subscribers since our last video. So we definitely appreciate everybody to subscribe. Make sure if you're not subscribing to the channel, uh, make sure that you are. So you can keep getting the exclusive videos that we bring here from practices and from games and checking out our podcast. We're going to have a lot of interesting guests coming up throughout the season. So definitely make sure if you haven't hit that subscription button, make sure you do that now and hit that like uh, I said, we always appreciate all the support. Definitely check us back for our next episode of the Rocket Fuel Podcast. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.